The following is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio. This is the Employment Law Show on Global News Radio. It is 7.06, and welcome to the Employment Law Show. Lots of stuff to uh, cover off tonight. We'll get to uh, to John Pincus, is uh, is going to be your guy tonight. As always, the phone call, 416-870-6400. That is what you want to use. The email address consistently is help at employmentlawyer.ca. And uh, to reach John or Lior or a member of the team anytime, you can uh, you can do that at your leisure, one 821 5900 pocketemploymentlawyer.ca that is an amazing website it's absolutely free it's absolutely anonymous and uh, you know what it's going to get you there it's going to get you there anytime with all kinds of employment law information whether you've been constructively dismissed whether you're on a temporary layoff and that could be either before after during covid-19 it really doesn't matter so there you go you can use uh, pocketemploymentlawyer.ca absolutely free and anonymous it is good stuff. Employment Law Show here, Schools and uh, John Pincus, uh, part of, of course, St. Fury to Market, the most positively reviewed employment law firm in Canada. I'm not just saying that. You can check it out anytime. By the way, the show tonight, we've got a lot to get through. We'll get to uh, what you need to know about employment agreements, being like open your job without even realizing it, and possibly some emails as well. But as mentioned, 416-870-6400, live show, 708. Bring on the phone calls. Let's get it happening. Johnny, how are you, pal? What's going on? I'm good. How are you doing, John? Beautiful. Ready to uh, to rock and roll. Week that yeah. was. What's uh, what's happening on your end? Indeed. Yeah. So there's some situations that uh, I think people will relate to, and uh, if they do, I, I hope they call in and uh, give, us a, uh, give us a call about their situation, situation they yeah. may be having with their friend or family, and uh, that's what we're all about. So uh, please don't be shy about doing that. So we'll just start off talking about a few situations that uh, came across my desk over the last week or two. Uh, The first situation involves someone who had worked for a company for about 10 years as a salesperson. And recently her employment was terminated and the employer took the position that they had just cause for dismissal. Um, And the reason the employer stated that it had cause for dismissal uh, was because this person was allegedly uh, misleading and taking advantage of clients to gain uh, greater sales. Uh, It was quite a lengthy termination uh, letter, and if you read through it without having context, uh, it sounded like what this person did was fairly egregious. And of course, while establishing just cause is very difficult, uh, if the conduct is serious enough, it is possible to establish just cause. Uh, But then I spoke with her, and what she told me was that, in fact, she was following an express guideline uh, that went all the way up to corporate. Uh, it was basically an aggressive upscaling strategy, and what she told me is that uh, she wasn't terribly comfortable with it, but she knew that if she did not follow it and meet their targets, uh, she would lose her job. Uh, and in fact, she received several emails from her supervisor emphasizing the need to use these upselling strategies. And the reason she was let go was because new management took over, uh, who did not approve of these strategies. And as it so happened, this person did not get along too well uh, with the new management for a variety of reasons. Uh, Now, it seems pretty clear that stopping this practice was the right thing to do. But to to blame it all on one person 
Uh, while the supervisor who is enforcing the practice is still employed? No, I, I don't think so, right? Not cause and not close. Uh, so this person is going to be owed her full severance entitlements, and the allegation of just cause has really only made things worse for the employer here because they're going to be deeply unsympathetic uh, in the eyes of the law. And this is someone who's easily owed a year of her pay. And so we're going to be helping her to negotiate that. And this is an important lesson for employees, that when you have lost your job, that's the time to speak with an employment lawyer. And I will say, especially if your employment has been terminated for cause, uh, because that's when the stakes are the highest. Uh, establishing just cause is a very difficult thing to do. Uh, and so please uh, speak with an employment lawyer. Again, one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. That's to talk to John after the show or any other time. But here and now, lines are open. Bring it on four one six eight seven zero sixty four hundred. What else is going on your end, pal? So the second situation was about a general manager who was fired uh, after only three years in the job. Uh, she was in her mid fifties. Uh, salary was about one hundred and twenty five thousand uh, dollars. The company decided. Uh, you know, we'll pay you three weeks pay, uh, but if you sign this release, we're so generous that we'll pay you an extra two weeks. And this was particularly discouraging to this person because in the current environment, she reasonably, I think, anticipates it's going to take her quite a while to get back on her feet. And despite this, she came to me getting ready to hear that, well, you know, maybe they owe you a few more weeks, but not much more than that, given that she only had a few years of service. Well, no, in fact, this is someone who was entitled to anywhere from four to six months' pay as severance, and probably closer to six months. You know, the law recognizes that even people with short years of service, even with only a few years of service, have severance entitlements, and overemphasis should not be placed on the fact uh, that someone has only a, a, a few short years of service. So we're going to be negotiating this for her, and I anticipate we're going to be getting her significantly more. So again, this is another important lesson don't make assumptions uh, that you know what your severance entitlements are going to be or that because your employer says something, that makes it so. Uh, that's not the case. Uh, you have all the tools that John mentioned at the top of the hour, pocket employment lawyer, um, uh, severance pay calculator. Go and check those out. Give us a call and let's talk about what you're actually owed in the circumstances because, you know, as, as we know, uh, it is very difficult out there to re-employ and you're going to need some financial security. Well, I think it's it's also the fact that just because you're a short service employee doesn't make the job market any more open to you. I mean, you're still battling with people who've been let go after 15 years if if you've only been there a year and a half. I mean, I mean that I, you say it's disproportionately larger severance, greater severance for short service employees, but I think that's why because they could still be looking at the same amount of time to get back into the job market. No. Oh, that's absolutely right, John. And the other thing is that uh, someone with a sh- with a short year of service, if it's if it's short enough, it may raise questions as to why right. their employment they were let go, even if they were let go without cause. So, uh, in some circumstances, um, arguably, a short service actually uh, makes it harder for people to reemploy. And the law recognizes these things, and the test for severance is very flexible uh, for those reasons. 416-870-6400. Just lining up a couple calls. We'll get to those as soon as they're uh, ready to get set. 416-870-6400. What you need to know about employment agreements. Let's start chipping away at this list. Number one uh, is coming up after the phone call. We just got them ready, so I want to get to the calls. Always top priority. Troy, thanks for uh, thanks for calling in this evening. How are you? I'm good. Yourself? Good, brother. What's uh, What's on your mind? Okay, so one of my friends, they work for a taxi company, and it was recently bought over by a, a, another company, and 
She said they're not taking out EI or CPP, anything out of her salary, but they're taking out a provincial. They told her, oh, we're taking out money for provincial and federal taxes. And she asked me if that was legal. So I told her, well, you should check with CRA because I haven't heard about anything like that. So I'm checking with you because it was only today when she asked me that question. Right. Well, well, to be perfectly honest with you, Troy, this sounds more like an accounting question than an employment law issue. Oh, okay. um, generally speaking, yes, EI and CPP should be deducted. Uh, it, but if if they're not being deducted, uh, then I, I think your friend should be speaking uh, with an accountant uh, and someone who can um, uh, can clarify uh, whether those deductions are proper and whether more deductions should be made. But uh, I think she's right to be concerned, and I would certainly recommend speaking with an accountant. Troy, appreciate the uh, the time and the phone call. Enjoy the rest of your evening. 416-870-6400. That is how we do it. Jimmy, you're up next. Good evening. Hey, how you doing? Uh, long-time listener, first-time caller. I'm just curious about the uh, union literature. If I'm caught handing out union literature and they fire me because of it, am I entitled to a severance? Well, um, you would be, I mean, you're in a non-unionized uh, position. Yes. I gather, yeah. So this is not about trying to get a different union on board. This is about a, the first unionization, first certification drive. Yes. Well, yeah, I mean, uh, handing uh, that, there's a host of problems with that. I mean, first of all, that, that certainly sounds like a breach of the Ontario Labor Relations Act because employers are not supposed to interfere or reprise against people for organizing. Uh, so that would be an issue. And the other thing is that's going to be a without cause termination. So how long have you been employed with this organization? Uh, just over five years. Okay. And, and uh, what kind of position do you have? Uh, I'm a driver. I drive trucks for the company. Okay. And around how old are you? I'm 41. Okay. So, I mean, this is this is a situation where you're going to be entitled to probably all of the things being equal, about four or six months' pay. I mean, this is a – have they taken the position that, that they have cause for dismissal? Uh, no, not as of yet, but uh, I'm just concerned that uh, – I, I, I pretty much want to prepare myself for the, the inevitable – yeah, well, this is, I mean, this is a big no-no <laughs> from the employer. I mean, you, you should not be terminating uh, people's employment uh, because uh, they have been exercising their rights uh, to um, to unionize under the Ontario Labor Relations Act. I mean, that that's why that act exists. Um, so there are some serious problems in what has happened here, particularly if they don't pay you a severance package. So I would strongly recommend uh, that you get in touch with us. The good news is because you're not unionized, you have the right to a lawyer. Um, so you're in a position where you can actually have us act for you and represent you in this, in this matter, and I would uh, definitely suggest you give us a call. Awesome. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. You're welcome. Jimmy, appreciate uh, appreciate you and listening so much. And uh, and there you go. We're going to take a short break. Mike, I see you there. Stand by. You are up next. You want to get a hold of John, by the way, when the show's not on air. Simple, one 821 5900 Email address, help at employmentlawyer.ca. But here and now, make that phone call. Ask your question. Could be quick. There's no bad questions. You'd be helping other people with that question as well. That is 416-870-6400, Monday night edition, Employment Law Show, right here. Global News Radio.
You are listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio. Welcome back to the Employment Law Show on Global News Radio. And welcome back. It is uh, 7.20 on Monday evening. Thanks for joining us. 416-870-6400 is the way to call through. And we have lots of open lines, so lots of time to answer your questions. Michael, thank you for, for hanging on through the break. How are you tonight? Good. How are you guys? Fantastic, man. What's uh, what's on your mind? All right. Appreciate the call and love the show. So here's thank my you. story. Uh, so I've been employed with my employer for over six years um, I work for a municipal government, which is a non-unionized position. Now, during the last four years at this corporation, uh, I've taken on three different roles. Uh, each one's approximately one year in duration, uh, which are, have been contract positions. Now, most recently, I signed a one-year contract. Uh, and one month before the conclusion of this contract, they informed me of an early end of contract. Now, the contract uh, itself says states that at the end of this contract, you will return to your home position. Now, at my home position, which I haven't been uh, in for for four years, um, I'll be making significantly less, approximately around 50% or so. Um, And my home position is part-time, which is around 25 hours versus uh, my 35-hour full-time. So what are my rights here? Can can they send me back to my home position with a salary that is much less than I have been making for four years? Thank you so much. Uh, okay, so um, oh, I hope, hope he's still on the line because I have. Yeah, a, I still got him. Yeah, stand by, Mike. Okay. Yeah. Okay, I thought we lost you there. <laughs> so, um, just just a couple questions about this so that I can understand um, your home position. You're you're saying that the salary will be lower now. Will it be lower than it was when you were previously at the uh, home position, or is it just going back to the old rate? Yes, going back to the old rate. Right. Right. Okay. Well, I think the difficulty here is that if your rate in the old position was a certain amount, you have this temporary arrangement where you're going to get a bump up in your salary, you know that the contract um, is going to be um, ending um, early. Now, you may have a case for breach of contract to say that they should be paying you uh, for the month at the higher salary, uh, but I don't think you can refuse to go back to the home position because... um, if you, the, the question here is always going to be, if the home position, if you knew that you were always going to go back to the home position, then that is the deal, right? That's the deal that you've made with your employer. On the other hand, um, if there's any notion that after the, this contract expired, that they were going to find you a different role at the same salary, then that may be a breach of contract. So what I'd really want to do here is I'd want to see all the different contracts uh, that uh, that you've signed over the last four years. And what we want to try and establish is, what was the deal here? What was the deal that you struck uh, with the municipal government here? Was it really um, that you were going to do this at a higher salary for a temporary basis, in which case can't really do anything about them putting you back to the original place that you started? Or has this, has, has this become basically the expectation that you're going to jump from one job to the next and they're going to keep finding your roles to do with the higher salary? And if it's the latter, then it may be a breach of contract and then you may be able to take issue with it. I got you there, Mike. Right, yeah. And, and that's kind of the thing, right? My, my manager, she, I felt like she didn't really like me, so I think maybe that's what 
the early end of contract was. You know, just kind of had that feeling. Right. Well, I mean, the the, the, real, the, the, the harsh reality is that an employer uh, can terminate a contract, terminate contract, or terminate employment for that matter, uh, for any reason, as long as they pay the proper severance. Now, here they're putting you back in the old role. Um, and uh, as long as they're entitled to do that by virtue of their contract, there may not be anything that uh, you can do about it. So the key here is going to be the contracts. And when we see the contracts, I think the contracts will speak to the fact of what was the reasonable expectation here. Was it that you're going you're gonna to keep doing these roles as you've been doing, or was there really an express expectation that you're going to go back uh, to that original role? And I think it's going to be tough to make that determination without seeing those contracts. So go ahead and, and send us those, and we'll be happy to take a look at them for you. Amazing. Thanks for clearing this up. Thank you guys so much. Appreciate it. Thanks, Mikey. You're a, you're a good man. Thanks for the phone call and taking the time. Here's how you want to get in touch with John with those contracts. You can email. That would be perfect. Help at employmentlawyer.ca. Real simple. Help at employmentlawyer.ca. And have a further conversation, which is always a good plan as well. one 821 5900 Still plenty of time to go here on a uh, Monday night. Hope you're uh, enjoying it. Want to get to the... Uh, the topic at hand, brother, that would be what you need to know about employment agreements. Could be the most important document in your life. Well, then they're in the top three, I guess, with a mortgage contract and a wedding contract, but uh, you know, marriage contract. Okay, I take it back. This is the third most important. But here we <laughs> the first one here is why are they so important? Give me some details. Why are employment agreements the third most uh, important agreement you will sign? <laughs> I guess that's what we should call it now. Right. Well, as far as the employment relationship is concerned, I mean, this is your prenup, right? This is this is this yeah. is the uh, the governing document uh, that could be the basis of the entire employment relationship, which for all you know, could be 5, 10, 15, 20 years, right? And so this is the time to negotiate these things. And I can tell you that, as part of my practice, I'm not only helping people to review employment agreements, and I'm not only looking at employment agreements at the end of the employment relationship, I'm often helping people at the beginning of the employment relationship so that they don't need me if their employment relationship comes to an end, uh, because we can help to negotiate terms that, that you can be truly comfortable with. And that uh, that first um, uh, that first interaction that you have with your employer is so, so critical. It's going to be setting out not just the salary and the hours and uh, the rules that govern your job, things that may change, but things that may not change, Uh, provisions that may limit your rights, that may give your employer greater rights, the right to change your job, the right to put you on a temporary layoff, and a termination provision, right, and that may limit your rights to severance. And once you sign, that's it. You're, You're pretty much stuck with it. 416-870-6400, 416-870-6400, talking about that uh, oh-so-important employment agreements. What's better, a handshake deal or like a 10-page massive document? Well, you definitely want to get something shorter. The shorter, the better. Now, there's exceptions to that, right? I mean, you may have some situations where you want to negotiate a guaranteed term of employment. Well, in that case, you may want something a little bit more substantial, a little bit more than a verbal agreement. But in most cases, a short email or a verbal conversation uh, is going to be more beneficial to you. A 10-page agreement is typically going to be in favor of the employer. And remember, a verbal contract when we're talking about employment agreements is just as valid because how do we show an employment agreement? Well, we show it by virtue of the fact that you've been working for them and they've been paying you. 
Once that starts happening, then you have a contract with them, and that contract includes the rights to severance if they let you go. There's absolutely nothing wrong with that. Don't feel that you need something in writing. Again, any of this have you uh, scratching your head, you want to know more, or any other topic for that matter, bring it on, 416-870-6400 is the way you reach out, and any time at all, pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. Uh, what should, and I'm talking about employees now, what should employees watch out for when they're signing that agreement? Well, the big one uh, that I was uh, alluding to earlier, the termination clause, I mean, that's the one that you want to really watch out for. Are they limiting you to the minimum statutory amounts? Uh, that is could have a significant and devastating impact on you, uh, particularly if you've been employed for a long time at an organization. The other things that I'm always talking to people about when we're reviewing employment contracts is non-competition clauses, uh, because these can be very, very devastating as well uh, if you're let go. Uh, and combined with a termination clause, that, that's really the, the poisonous mix that you want to look out for. If you have a, a termination clause that gives you only the statutory minimum, and you have a non-competition clause that, for example, may prohibit you from working in the industry at all for 12 months, well, you could be in a situation where you are now let go after having only worked somewhere for uh, I, one or two years, you're given two weeks pay, and now you are cut out of the industry for a year. You're now in a worse position than you were before you got this job, right? And, and I'm talking to people about this all the time. Uh, so you really want to watch out for, for what I call that, that poisonous mix of termination clauses and non-competition clauses. But of course, that's not the only thing. Uh, layoff clauses can be uh, very problematic. We've now seen the impact of, of layoffs on people uh, and how uh, that can put you in limbo for a very long period of time. No pay uh, and uh, no work and maybe just your group benefits uh, in normal times for, you know, for eight months. And if you're signing off on that, you're giving the employer the right to do that. Uh, and other clauses uh, that you may see are change of, uh, changes of uh, duties, changes of hours, or changes of location, right? You can have uh, an agreement where you may start working in London, Ontario, and all of a sudden the employer says, we're moving to Sudbury. And if they have a change of location provision and it's, it's explicit enough and strong enough, you may have given them the right in advance to do that. So all this to say the devil really is in the details. Watch out for these things and review it with a lawyer. Yeah, it's really tough to uh, overemphasize those because most people naturally would, uh, you know, get the agreement say, okay, let's look here. Okay, yeah, okay, my pay is exactly what we negotiated. Uh, okay, I got my three weeks holidays. Okay, we're good to go. Let me sign this sucker. And like you said, years down the road, 15 years down the road, they sign that you know, strangled to the minimum uh, as far as severance is concerned, that could really kick them in the rear end. Tens of thousands of dollars could be lost just because you weren't paying attention or have someone like yourself reviewing it, right? So it's uh, it's definitely something to be uh, to be aware of. By the way, we still have more time for phone calls. It's, what, 731, so oodles of time. 416-870-6400 is the, uh, the way to go. The Employment agreement. So having said that, the things you should be looking out for, say they're not in an agreement can't, or there's some things in there you don't like that will uh, will limit your severance and do other things, limit your possibility of other work with a uh, non-compete. Can they be negotiated? And can you do that on your own? You know what? It, it, it really depends. But in certain situations, uh, they, they, they absolutely can be. Uh, the biggest situation I always talk to people about, and this comes up all the time, is if you're being recruited. If you are being recruited from a job that you are okay if need be to stay in, you might not be thrilled about having to stay there, but you're right. okay to stay there, almost by definition, you should be negotiating it, right? If, if, if you are currently in a job and being recruited to go somewhere else, 
It should not be a one-sided conversation. You should be speaking with them about, here's what I want. If you want me to leave, if you're looking after my skills, if you want to pull me away from my current job, I'm not going to agree to probationary provisions or very restrictive termination provisions and non-competes and things like that. That is the time to negotiate. That's the time that you have the leverage. And if they decide they're not prepared to uh, concede to what you want, you may decide, you know what, I'm better off where I am. So uh, that's the time to do it. That's the big time if you're being uh, recruited. Uh, Or maybe, you know, maybe it's a situation where you're not at a current job, but you're being headhunted. Again, if you have any sense that this employer really wants you, and it's not the situation where you're uh, applying with 100 different candidates where you may not be able to negotiate at all, but they're actually specifically seeking you out, that's when you have leverage. That's when it's time to think about negotiating uh, within reason. Or maybe it was the, the you know maybe it started as a hundred candidates. Now you're down to the top five, and they've spent a lot of time and resources getting you that far. Well, now maybe it's worth you stepping up and saying, okay, you want me that badly? Apparently, I'm in the I'm in the short game here. I'm on the short list. Here's some things I wish we could negotiate. Maybe then you would have some more power as well because you're on the short list. Yeah, maybe you have multiple offers, right? I mean, maybe there's a a number of employers that are courting you. um, And one of the ways you're going to evaluate those employers is not just who's giving me the best job, who's giving me the best salary, but who's giving me the most flexibility in terms of what happens if I let go, if I'm let go, what happens if I leave, um, and what kinds of things they have the right to do to me during my employment. These are things that you should be consider if you're considering multiple job offers. 416-870-6400, the number to call in here live now and uh, and talk to us, talking about employment agreements. Okay, so now you've gone ahead and you've signed an employment agreement without advice. Maybe you just, you did it this afternoon before hearing this show. Uh, Now what? Well, uh, all hope is not necessarily lost. And what all our uh, listeners should know is that this is actually the norm. Uh, Despite everything we say, a lot of the times people will sign these things anyway. Sometimes because they don't, they really don't have the option of negotiating. Sometimes they really need the job, um, and sometimes you know they just they got excited about the job. Very understandable, and they didn't think about it. These things happen, right? And it's not that's not the time to beat yourself up. That's not the time to say, oh, why did I do that? Because you actually may not be impacted by that. Because the reality is, many many of these provisions, um, even ones that are drafted by lawyers, quite frankly are not legal, not in compliance with employment standards, and those contracts put you in no worse situation than if you hadn't signed it at all. And the only way you're going to find out if you're in that boat is if you speak to us. So give us a call. You've got nothing to lose by talking to us, completely confidential, and we'll be able to tell you. And in, I'll, I'll say, John, in most cases, um, we, can, um, we can negotiate even in spite of those provisions. Nice. Let's grab a call as we, as we carry on here. Dave, thanks for standing by for a moment. Good evening. Good evening, guys. Uh, listen, I, uh, I'm i off work right now because I, I had a uh, an operation, and I'm going to be starting back to work. But where I worked for over two years, an individual from that company approached me and asked me if I wanted to get my own piece of equipment to work on their job. Uh, it didn't pan out because of the COVID there last year and things slowed up, but it ha- has now. What I'm worried about, I'm going to have to sign a contract with this with this uh, company, but my former employee, if 
they wanted to, they could put a equal piece of equipment on the job and charge nothing and kind of push me aside. But if I signed contracts, then I should be okay until that contract runs out. What, what kind of position is this, Dave? I, I, I run the construction equipment. Okay, so you run the construction equipment, and you said someone asked you if you wanted to get your own piece of equipment. Was that someone you report to or someone who reports to you? No, it it was a a, a company that that I had been working on their jobs. I see. For years. Okay. So they, they they approached me asking if I'd be interested. You know, come up with some prices. So I gave them prices and. Uh, uh, Bob's your uncle. So I got it. But who I used to work for, if, if they wanted, they could put a machine on and undercut me, and there's nothing I could do about it. But once I've signed the contract, then for the length of that time, I'm okay. Now, are you are you thinking of going to work for this client on your own without the company that, that you work for? Or is this... Yeah, I'll be, I'll be setting up my own, my own company. Right, right. Okay, so you're talking about basically um, setting up a company to compete with your your employer that I, I guess is soon to be your former employer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, okay. So you're. I mean, w- one thing that you have to be um, careful about when you're doing that is just be mindful that you can't. Um, uh, you can't share confidential information that you learned while you're that while you were on the job, right? I mean, I assume you never signed any non-compete agreements or anything like that, because obviously, if you had, then this would be a problem. But assuming no, that you had no. that you hadn't done that, um, you just have to make sure that you're not, um, uh, you know. For example, one thing that you would not want to do is you would not want to say, oh, here's their price list and here's how I can undercut every single one of those prices, right? Because then you could have your old company actually going after you uh, and say, you know, breach of confidentiality and fiduciary duty and that kind of thing. Um, but as I understand it, that's not your concern here. You're saying you're, you're concerned that they're actually going to be able to undercut you with an equal oh, that, equipment. Is that, is, that the, is that correct? Oh, yeah. Yeah, e- easily they they could absorb the uh, absorb the uh, the uh, the cost with no problems at all, just to get back. Right. Get right. Well, I I don't really see anything legally that would stop them from doing that. Um, I think that's uh, unfortunately just the uh, reality of starting up as a as a small entrepreneur. You've got to uh, compete with the big guys, <laughs> so to speak, right? So I don't think that there's anything, Dave, that you can actually do to prevent them from doing that. Um, but it also sounds like there's nothing to prevent you necessarily from uh, competing with them. And you can certainly use all the knowledge and experience that you've gathered from, uh, you know, I'm assuming not just working for them, but for other uh, other places, and maybe you've worked on your own before. Um, but in terms of them undercutting you, uh, there's no there's no legal right that I can see here that can stop them uh, that you can actually use to stop them from doing that. So you just uh, you just got to do your best, and it might be a little rocky if they feel a little bit uh, you know a, a little bit annoyed that uh, you're competing with them at the beginning. But um, you just have to sort of keep trucking along. Dave, appreciate your time and the phone call. We'll uh, move down to to John. Hey, John, thanks for hanging on for a moment. How are you? 
Hi, okay. Um, in the year 2013, uh, which was quite a long time ago, I, I signed this contract, um, and I recall, uh, to paraphrase, um, a statement with regards to your, uh, we have the right, being the company, to terminate, I guess that means fire you at any time for any reason or any cause. Now, I'm afraid I don't have rights. I'm ignorant of the law, which is not a defense. I'm ignorant to the right, my rights. I don't think I was an employee, so I don't think I really... I don't even know if I have a link to sign up with regards to this show, but with respect to um, me uh, choosing between company A and company B, I worked out that I think that, that company A paid me, say, a dollar or two less, but they gave me more hours, and I love I do things for the love of the, of the sport, so to speak, for the love of the, what I'm doing. So I chose uh, company A over company B, but the problem was B uh, said okay, and they went on, and then A, after saying, yes, we'll choose you, uh, let me go in some sort of a way. I don't know what legal term you would use. And I lost both B and A. What rights, if any, do I have? And how can I avoid that in the future? I think I'm at their so-called mercy or lack their off mercy because I have to sign this contract that uh, says that I agree that they can let me go for any reason, any time. That's, that's disgusting. And I lost both ends of the wick. Well, I mean, the the uh, the good news, John, if there is one, is that, I mean, if they do rely on this provision, um, again, without seeing it, I, I mean, I'd have to actually see it and see all the language because there may be other provisions that, that impact my assessment here. But it's, it's very possible, I'll see even likely, um, that they're not going to be able to rely on it, that I'll be able to get around that termination clause. So... At this point, I think in the spirit of being forward-looking, the best thing that I can tell you is beware, and, and I know you will anyway because obviously you're very attuned to this now, uh, but beware if your employer is asking you to sign something new uh, because if they're asking you to sign something new, they're probably trying to fix that problem, trying to fix that illegality. Um, and so if they're doing that, that's when you really want to be careful. Uh, but for now, uh, I would just say you hope for the best. Um, and hindsight's always twenty twenty, so certainly do not beat yourself up for having signed this. Um, and if you're let go, give us a call, and chances are it actually won't matter. Chances are we'll be able to get around it. Appreciate it, John. I'll give you that number again, one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. I think we got time to get uh, get Natalie in here. Hi, Natalie. Good evening. Hi. Thank you very much for taking my call. Sure. Um, with my question here, my story. It's, uh, I work for a company, and since COVID, we have closed down, and uh, we got laid off. Um, during when we were closed up until now, they've reduced our benefits, which is our insurance, like for dentists and doctors. Um, they've reduced it from 80% to 50%. Uh, we've since reopened, but they've refused to bring it back to 80%. Um, this isn't just for me, but it's for all salary employees. So my question is, what are our rights here? Can they do this? And if they can, for how long? Good. That's a good question. And um, the the reality of this, and it's something we don't talk about very often, but when we're talking about benefits and the, the, the quality of those benefits, for example, you know, a premium package to a standard package to a very bare bones package, employers, generally speaking, have discretion to make those changes without that being considered a breach of contract, without that being considered a constructive dismissal or anything of that nature. So I would say, Natalie, that in this case, unfortunately, I think your employer does have the discretion to do this. And I think that any claim uh, that this was a breach of contract 
not likely to be successful. The law is not going to see this as um, a something illegal. The law is not going to see this as a, a breach of the arrangement you have with them. The law is going to call this basically management discretion. You know, if they take away your benefits completely, uh, perhaps that's a different story. But certainly, going from uh, a more favorable benefits package to a less favorable benefits package, that might uh, it's probably not going to have a great impact on employee morale. Uh, it's probably not going to have a great impact on employee retention. Uh, so as a practical matter, probably will be some consequences to them in the long run for doing this. But as a legal matter, I'd say no. I'd say they, they have the right to do that. Natalie, appreciate the call and a good way to uh, wrap that puppy up tonight. And thank you for all your calls and correspondence. It is, uh, it's welcome every time we do the show here live on Mondays and Wednesdays and the weekend shows. Now you want to reach out after the show is done. You want to get a hold of John or Lior, member of the team, real simple, one 821 5900 The email address uh, we use is help at employmentlawyer.ca. If you go to employmentlawyer.ca, the website, you'll catch links to our uh, long-running television show. Check that out, 30-minute uh, televisual feast, we like to call it, of what you get on the show for an hour. And then finally, pocketemploymentlawyer.ca is another very handy website, free and anonymous as well. We're done, but stand by. Don't go anywhere. On Point with Alex Pearson coming right back. This is Global News Radio. The preceding was a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio.